Hello everybody, welcome to Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. This week we're on location and actually literally beyond the pitch here in Hamilton, Ontario inside Tim Hortons Field. Behind me you may notice Forge FC are training and getting ready for what they hope is a three-peat this Sunday as they take on Pacific here in the Canadian Premier League 2021 final. They're hoping for a three-peat as 2019 and 2020 champions. They know what it's like to win. Talking of winning, my guest this week is Bobby Smirniotis, the head coach and leader of this franchise as he tries to make it three championships in three years. It is a fascinating discussion coming up as we talk about leadership, what he loves about the game, his background, how he fell in love with soccer, and of course, his connection to many national team players like Richie Larea and Kyle Lahren. Sit back and enjoy what is a great discussion on leadership and football. Delighted to be joined by the man himself, Bobby Smirniotis. Bobby, we're here in your home. Getting ready for a final this Sunday coming up. You must be excited again. Another big game. They just keep on coming for you guys. Yeah, they keep on coming. Like you said, it's a beautiful place to be in here and be here every day. And yeah, excellent season so far. And we're looking forward to what this next week brings. Yeah, it should be an exciting week. I want to get into your journey here because obviously we've known each other for some time. You know, the Canadian soccer circles can be quite small, right? Um, we'll get all the way up to what is obviously building up to Sunday's final in a minute. But when was your first real soccer memory as a boy? Ooh. My first soccer memory. You know what, to be honest, 86, uh, Canada World Cup. You know, I, I still have that uh, VHS tape and uh, I don't remember if I was watching it uh, live at that point, uh, but I remember just keep on watching this tape of uh, the different highlights of 86 and, and Canada's games. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was Graham Leggett and his uh, voice over it. And, you know, that's what it was. It was, it was that energy. And uh, you look at where Canada soccer is right now and Canadian soccer is, and maybe we're on the cusp of something mm -hmm. special like that again. So yeah. 86 is probably those, uh, those first moments, massive fan of uh, Michel Platini uh, back then. And then remembering those great games, Socrates of uh, Brazil. So I think that's my biggest uh, memory as a young child. So how does a seven-year-old boy fall for soccer? Who was your mentor? Greek family, obviously. Yeah, Greek family. You know, my father uh, came here in uh, 1969 and, uh, as with a lot of people, you know, worked his uh, way and, and worked very hard at doing things. Uh, wasn't the best athlete, but loved, loved the game. You know, got uh, myself and uh, my brother into the game at a very young age. Uh, interesting, uh, you know, upbringing. Uh, my father is an Olympiacos fan. My mother is a Panathinaikos fan. And uh, wow. the family got split 50-50. <laughs> So yeah. I definitely went with the winning club, Olympiacos. Mm -hmm. um, no knock to the other half of my family, but uh, you know, just a genuine love for the sport. You know, through through that family, through uh, through the tradition, through heritage, and then just growing up in the game, just being at the parks down in East York. Um, that's where I grew uh, up in uh, in Toronto, and just falling in love with the ball. And I think that's what's uh, stayed with me to this day. So you fall in love with the ball as a kid. You mentioned Olympiacos. We'll get onto that in a minute because that will be part of your journey as well later on. When did you start to realize that you could make a career out of this, whether it be on or off the pitch? Yeah, you know, as with every young, uh, young kid playing the game, you want to be a pro. Um, you always want to find a way to keep on playing this game. And, but the one thing I knew is uh, I always wanted to be involved in sport. I always wanted to be involved in the sport of soccer in some type of capacity. And, you know, as a young guy, I picked up my uh, suitcases at 16 and went over to Greece and traveled around and uh, to different clubs and so on. And, you know, you just chase the dream. We didn't have the Canadian Premier League back then. You know, we didn't have the opportunities back home. So you had to figure out what the next best uh, um, thing to do is. And then just, you know, through that whole journey, is just loving the tactics of the game. You know, as a player, uh, I think uh, when I played, I read the game very well. 
And then just, uh, you know, you, you go through the whole process. Uh, you stop playing the game at a young age. I stopped at about 20 with some chronic knee problems. Um, but just a massive passion uh, for the game, for the tactics, uh, for how you get involved into things. And I think coaching uh, was my calling. Coaching certainly was your calling. You did a great job of it. Who were your inspirations in the professional game the more you got to know it? Obviously, soccer on television now has taken off here in Canada, but over in Greece, like, who were your mentors at that point away from your family? Yeah, to be honest, uh, uh, in the coaching realm, you know, I, was, uh, I didn't know a lot. You know, you, I was working here. I had actually worked a, a little bit at York University. I would train my, uh, my men's team up in, uh, in Vaughan Soccer Club uh, at that point. Uh, but really, my first uh, massive mentor was a, a gentleman by the name of Sakis Dokas. He was the technical director at Olympiakos um, when I was over there in, in 2003, uh, 2002 to 2004. And it just so happened that uh, as a young guy I was, he took me under his wing. He was uh, obviously a Greek uh, gentleman, but uh, went through the German school of, uh, of education, uh, was a UEFA direct, uh, technical uh, uh, director. And he was just excellent. You know, he, he got me next to him. He started getting me to translate a lot of things from Greek to English. And before you know it, uh, I'm getting a master's degree in coaching. Right. And uh, you always remember your first moments. And I'll always just bring up this small little story. It was my first training session um, working with the U14s at Olympiacos. And obviously, coming from North America, you know, what do we see in training? Push-ups, uh, sit-ups. Um, so my first training session finishes. He uh, calls me into his office and he says, you know, Talk to me about uh, some of the stuff you did in training today. Well, you know, we did different things. And he goes, tell me about the push-ups. I'm like, oh boy, where's this, uh, where's this going? Um, so you learn very quickly what to do and, uh, and not to do. And, right. uh, and the biggest thing, you know, I, I learned very quickly was the ball. The ball is everything. Uh, the ball is everything that you'll need in training um, to get players to develop. And at the highest level, use the ball, use the ball. Uh, so he was the probably the single most massive uh, you know, contribution to what I have and still have today in the, in coaching, just that thought process of uh, of football purism, as I call it. Yes. You know, go back to the roots of, of yes. football, uh, and that will usually be your solution to everything. Right. What a wonderful story. So, oh two to oh four. Where were you when Greece won the Euros, and what was that like for you? Yeah, great, uh, great experience. <laughs> I was living in Athens, um, so I moved over to uh, to Greece, to Athens, two thousand two, to pursue a master's degree in sports management. Just so happens I was uh, enrolled to go to the University of Louisville, which is one of the top sports yep. management schools uh, globally. And uh, as I was thinking of heading down to Louisville, Kentucky, they had a program set up with the same professors in Athens, Greece. It was pre-Olympics. And I thought, well, what an experience. What a, what a great opportunity to be over there in a, in a great time before the Olympic Games. Obviously, the Euros came along as well. Uh, and that's how I ended up at the Olympiakos as well. So, you know, that's how, uh, that's how life goes. But during the 2004 um, game. I was actually embarking another very important chapter in my life. Um, a good friend of mine who was an agent had brought or wanted to bring Ajax from Holland to do summer camps right. in Greece. Um, so as I was leaving Olympiakos, he asked me to direct those camps that summer and that opened up a whole different world. So, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a great uh, period. You know, you're watching uh, Greek football rise with, uh, with a fantastic team and everything that was going on. And then personally for myself, I spent uh, one month with all the uh, youth directors, coaches of, uh, of Ajax uh, in Greece. Uh, and from there, that opened up a lot of doors for myself uh, in the education realm over in Holland. What do you remember now the most about what the Dutch taught you? Football, yeah, absolute football. I remember watching, uh, you know, I would watch, uh, I would spend the whole day from watching the reserves, 
U9s all the way up to the U18s and the first team. And the one thing that struck me for the first week I was there is nobody was stretching. They, they walked out there and they just played football. Uh, they got into their rondos, they got into their games, everyone was engaged. You were watching nine-year-olds and their position play and their technical ability was something special. And uh, I remember having those conversations around the table with, with different coaches and, you know, where are your session plans, where are everything, you know, what's the idea? And everyone said the idea is Ajax. Ajax is an idea. Mm. And that's where it clicked to me that the biggest thing in, in building a club and building an organization is culture. Right. Is culture and identity because the one thing you learn is that's, what's, that's with, what withstands time. And if you see a club like Ajax, you can go back to the 70s and you can come down to today and they're doing a great job in, mm -hmm. in Champions League. It's pretty much the same. Uh, the coaches tinker a little bit, uh, but the coach comes in with a philosophy and the idea of what is Ajax. And I think, you know, that's one of the biggest things I brought back with me as I moved back to Canada and embarked on, on coaching and building right. things through, mm -hmm. through Sigma and the academy I was with and even today here at Forge. So when you get to Sigma, you start to get some really talented players. It talk to me a little bit what that's like dealing with the likes, obviously, Kyle Lara and Richie Larea, obviously Kwame Wu and many others. And what did it like, what was it like for you to then become a true leader of men? Because at that point, you're now the one that they're looking forward to, to making them better. Yeah, I think the biggest thing in the beginning is uh, you took those experience from overseas of, uh, of structure, philosophy, uh, culture, and you say, how do you implement them here? Uh, because Canada has always had very good footballers. Uh, it's not just this generation that's hopefully going to take us uh, to the World Cup. The players have been there before. I just thought there was never a structure in place to formally develop the players. Right. A lot of us, uh, you know, learn to play the game uh, on our own. You know, a great example, I have that. I was 17 at OFI Crete and there was a, a great Dutch coach there, Gene Gerrards. And I remember receiving the ball on the right wing with my left foot and he stopped the whole training session. And he said, son, why, why are you taking it with your left foot? I had no clue how to answer that question. Right. Uh, but when you get down to the ideas of position play and, and all of these things, you know that you always take that ball with a certain foot in a certain way. And, you know, you bring that back here and, and you start getting these very good young players in Richie Luria, Kyle Lahren, uh, Chris Nanko, Kwame Awua, Kyle Becker. And you start seeing all this natural talent and you say, we have to work in a specific way and play the long game. Um, so when you see these players at 11, 12 years old, don't get excited at their talent but work with it, cultivate it, make sure that it's there for the long term of, of the game. And I think that's the biggest shift that we're starting to see, I think, in the Canadian circles is, is we're understanding that it's the long game. Because the toughest thing for a coach and the development of a player is not to be fooled by the talent of the player he has in front of him. Right. Because that can always just look good. You can have 11 very good youth soccer players that win games and you think everything is going good. But are you working on the nuances of that player to play at the next level? And I think those are the little things that I always stressed as much as I can, I could, with all of the staff, but with all the players as well. Mm -hmm. uh, keeping them humble, keeping them to the ground, and making sure that they're working to strive towards their goals and not letting the first goal uh, define them. Right. Kyle Lair, not being the first pick overall in the MLS draft. It's what I told them, congratulations, T today somebody signed you on your potential. You'll be a pro when somebody gives you a second contract. Right. And that's how it is, you just got to keep on going. You talk about the little things, the nuances there, whether it was Forge, whether it's now here, you know, whether, with, with, when it was with Sigma. How much is the off-the-field stuff important, Bobby? Because obviously these players are looking for you to make them better on it, but you've got to cultivate that, that culture of relationships. Know that you care, that you, you're there for them. How much is that something that you've worked on during this time as being a leader? Yeah, I think it was, it was massive. You know, you're always there for the guys and, and what they needed in their, in their football life, uh, but also personally. 
you know, and that still remains today with uh, with a lot of the players. My line is is open to them, whether they're playing for me here or whether they're Kyle Lahren, Richie Luria, Mandrakar James. Yep. All of these guys, uh, you know, have an open line to me if there's something we want to discuss about a game uh, or some things that are going on. And I think that's important because we all need mentors. We all need people who are going to give us the advice. And the one thing I think the players have understood with me is I'm always going to be real. I'm always going to be honest uh, in the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the one thing I've, uh, I think I've, I've given to the players over time. And most importantly, just remain humble and, and work at it. Because I think, you know, out of, out of your hard work always comes success. So when you talk about success, 2019 champs, 2020 champs, you're going for three-peat this Sunday. What are you proud of the most when you look back at what you've accomplished and what you want to continue here at Forge? I think the biggest thing that we're proud of is, is what we've created an identity of a club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've not only within the, the Canadian landscape and the CONCACAF landscape, uh, I think, do people know when you see Forge, you know what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. You, you have that idea of what type of uh, footballers you're going to see, what type of uh, style of play, what principles you're going to see out there. I think that's very important. Uh, because the one thing you know in sport is I may be here for five years, 10 years, 20, or I may be here for the next six months. Uh, what I want is the identity of this club to move forward. And I think that's the biggest thing we've tried to build from day one. And if you do that well, I always think success comes. Whether that comes early, in our case it has, <laughs> and uh, we're obviously uh, happy for that. Um, but you want to make sure that you have that longevity. We've talked about Ajax mm. and, uh, and a model club of, of sustainable in the ideas of an organization. It's one thing I want to be able to see here, having the opportunity, which is very rare, to build a club from a beginning and be able to put all those experiences that I've had in the past into what we have in the present and hopefully in the future. You mentioned Ajax. Ajax have an identity that they know they can sell on players. What I like about the Canadian Premier League is they never hide, hide away from that, right? If a player's good enough, move on, right? Come in, work it. What about you, Bobby? What does it mean with you? Because obviously this is not going to be your peak. You've got other things you can do. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but I know you were close last year to the CF Montreal job and they're very, very interested in watching you. What do you see yourself going forward and how are you a better coach now than you have been three years ago? Yeah, I think uh, in the global uh, food chain, there's always something higher. Uh, so I think uh, in order to push yourself every day, you have to have ambition. Uh, that ambition will drive you in your everyday work uh, that you have here and whatever the future brings um, in any situation, you, you always have to look at that uh, in the right moment, in the right place um, to be able to, to look at the success that you've had here as a coach yeah. and, and what has driven that and can that success happen somewhere else uh, based on a lot of those same right. principles. And I think that's, that's very important for it. Um, and just, you know, where have I changed since maybe 2019? Uh, I've had to win. You know, as a, as a person who was a developer before strictly in, in developing, it, it never bothered me to win a game. It bothered me at the end how many players we had moved on right. to the different levels of the game. That was our trophy. That was the single most important thing to us. Uh, did you want to win in League One Ontario? Of course you did, but that wasn't the mandate. Um, coming into the pro game, it was, it was about finding the right balance because you have to develop in this league and in many leagues, you still have to develop. The food chain goes to whoever we're going to pick, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, right. whichever one of the Manchesters. So you're always in, in the world of developing, uh, but you can't also go all the way to the idea is I must win. Uh, you have to find the balance between the two. And I think that's what I've learned to do in these, uh, in these years um, with the club is finding the right balance of making sure that we have an environment that makes players better. And by that, you know, we have a team that plays good football. And hopefully that brings the results. 
and it has brought the results so far. What's that feeling like for you? Can you enjoy wins? Because I know they always say you're on to the next thing right away, right? But can yeah. you, when that trophy goes up, when Kyle Becker lifts that shield like he's done twice and you hope that he does this Sunday, what's that feeling like for you? Uh, it's, it's an excellent feeling. It's an excellent feeling. Uh, sometimes I say, and it's, uh, it's hard, uh, it's not so much the personal feeling, it's the feeling that when I look around and I look around and I see 30 people in, in our little small knit community of players and staff and just seeing the work that we put in. You know, and, and saying in the beginning of the year, here's where we want to be, here's how we want to do it, here's how we want to do it football-wise, and then to be able to have done it, that's the thing I'm most proud about. Mm. And then you start saying to yourself five minutes later, oh boy, we got we got to do this again. You know, it's <laughs> uh, it's they say, you know, repeating uh, a championship is uh, is a tough thing. Right. Uh, doing it three times, I don't know. They say sometimes it's uh, it's the impossible, but uh, but here we are. Here we are in, in a season where we've been hit with a lot of challenges. Uh, a tough preseason of stop and go and different things, um, starting the season off in a bubble, which we theoretically used as a preseason yeah. and coming out of that, um, to where we are now, you know, 38 games and counting, um, CONCACAF semifinals, uh, which is a, a tournament which is massive for us. It's massive in building that, that future culture for us, uh, not only uh, just here locally in our community, but in the CONCACAF region mm -hmm. and what that means in the future for scouting players and maybe bringing in some, some foreign players. So I think if you look at the season and it stops today, it's a, it's a massive su success. You know, everything that we bring on top of this will just make it uh, a little bit better. Do you allow yourself to, turn, to switch off like over the holidays? To, to, can you get away from the game a little bit? Uh, how, uh, does the game kind of just consume you and you yeah. love it? It's tough. I have two modes and uh, a lot of the, uh, the staff knows this about me. It's, uh, it's football, 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 and then family and my kids. Right. Uh, and those are the, those are the two things. Uh, but as they're getting older, it's football, football, football for them, and it's questions about Forge and right. what are we going to do next, and what are the tactics, and it's right. and it's uh, absolutely brilliant uh, at home. You try and switch off for a bit, but I can tell you when you have the passion and the bug in you, it, it's not easy. You're always involved in something. You wanna you wanna see what's what's next. You also wanna see how you make yourself better um, to make this team better, and that's been important for me in each off season. You know, being able to to talk more with technical leaders uh, mm. around uh, that are in my circle, visit different clubs and and just get ideas and, and mostly have discussions because I think football discussions are the most important thing to to create that environment of re-educating. And as we wrap up, it's a good time to be football, football, football. No, at the end of 2021, what a year it's been for Canadian soccer. Obviously the gold medal for the girls in Tokyo, the men, the boys going out there winning games in the World Cup qualifying. I mean, it's just an, an unprecedented time, right, for guys who love the sport like us. Absolutely brilliant. You know, a lot of people ask me, ask me, you know, coach or Bobby, did you ever see this? I said, of course I saw this. You know, this, uh, this is why, you know, I got involved uh, 17 years ago, whenever it was, because I believe in the Canadian player. I, I believe that we've got the talent in this country to, to hit the highest levels, to play at the biggest clubs. And, and I think this is only the beginning, yeah. you know, we now have a professional league in this country, um, you know, and that's only going to grow. We have a national team who has become now a, a massive group in, in CONCACAF, which if we talk three years ago, you know, people are asking questions, is that possible? We have a crop of players right now that's going to be around for the next 10 years. And I think those more players will keep on coming through the system. So it's a fantastic time to be part of Canadian soccer. It certainly is. And this has been a fantastic chat. I can't say how much I've enjoyed it and always listening to you and you're an absolute inspiration. So we're, we're grateful that you're here in this league. I know it will always be the case and I wish you nothing but the success going forward. And, and for a three-peat as well this Sunday. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.